Now, uh, help me out, Blaster. Transform and play something uh, nice. And now, a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. <laughs> Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go! One shall stand, one shall fall. Is a Transformers TCG podcast based in the UK, also on the Bleeped Up Productions Network. I'm the producer of this podcast, Lee McAlpin, and on this podcast, we have a motley crew of TCG players that live and breathe the Transformers trading card game. And now we're going to be quiet and continue this broadcast from our underground bunker here in the United Kingdom with this episode. What up, guys, and welcome back to episode seven of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. And it's a little bit special because I'm here with Mike. And Mike, we are literally two meters apart, and we're in his hobby room or study or place of relaxation or what was it you said? Folding washing. Folding washing, yes. We've had a few games of Wave 5, we've caught up, we've done some trades and some fun stuff, but we're here. And this is episode seven. Mike, how you been? It's been, it's been like, obviously, we've been keeping in touch via, you know, stuff like obviously Facebook and stuff like that, but it's good to see you in person. You're looking well. How's this whole uh, lockdown treating you? I'm working from home and have not been off work for a day or an hour <laughs> since. And in fact, I do more time now that I, I do more work now that I'm at home than when I did at work. That's insane. Go figure. It's true. I think you and me, a lot of this lockdown hasn't changed because we've kept working. But obviously with um, how much stuff we do with Transformers, whether it be on this channel and then obviously stuff we do with Boards and Swords at Derby, it's kind of like taking a backseat, obviously, because of Corona. But now we're in full swing again. We've we've just had Wave 5 drop. We're doing the Deck Tech Challenge, which we're going to get into a little bit later. There's loads of fun stuff going on with us to keep us like busy over this whole Transformers stuff. And, you know, it's good to be like in the presence of you, broski. It's just not the same over webcam or even, you know, if we're playing cards virtually. It's just... You don't have the same experience, I don't think. Considering I don't understand how to use technology, <laughs> um, webcam's not even an option. Well, I have to admit, your round turned out okay. I'm currently editing it. It so. took about an hour to figure out how to do things. But I yes. know, but that was the thing, I think, with this whole challenge that we're, we're doing is like people who aren't tech-savvy have learned how to have learned a new skill, should we say. Learning. Or learning. It'll be, it'll be fine. Everyone's, everyone's getting on okay. No one's tried to kill each other yet, so it's been perfectly fine. So no, yeah, uh, in this episode today, we're going to talk a little bit about Wave 5 because we've all got our boxes. We've all had our shiny new toys uh, and cards and all this other fun stuff. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Deck Tech Challenge, uh, what we're doing on our channel. And we're also going to answer some of the questions that some of our listeners have thrown to us via the Facebook. Some of them are mad. Some of them are really interesting. But hey, that's what we get when we put it out on the in the community for people to answer, uh, give us questions to answer, which is really, really cool. So let's get straight into Teletran. From the secret files of Teletran 2. Right, okay. Wave 5 dropped. Really, really exciting. Mike, what is your initial opinion on Wave 5? Like, what is your thoughts? Um, so, Wave 5 is really interesting. It changes up the game in a number of ways. Let's start with, first of all, it introduces a new mechanic in Titan Masters, which mm. hasn't revolutionized the game, but it requires a casual gamer or a competitive gamer to think about the game in a different mm. way. Because okay. when heads pop off, they can come out 
and, and wreck you. <laughs> Ominous. <laughs> Sky Shadow. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah. Um, I think it has introduced a lot of direct damage cards. Yeah, of course. I think it has... It, uh, don't get me wrong, like, they've said that Black Pips was supposed to be a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> is that okay so if you're if you're a part of the uk facebook group there's a big couple of threads on why is it all orange okay. what, is there too much direct damage and i have to say i think it's early doors to throw anything under the bus or mm. comment negatively i think they clearly want to push the black pip yeah and they clearly want to push direct damage have they gone too much over the other side of the fence with direct damage I don't know. I can sympathise, but I'm not prepared yet to nail my nail my colours to a mast. It's true. I think I think we both talked about it. There's one card that we need more rules clarification on. It's playable, but it doesn't do what we thought it was originally going to be. And it was the is it the hologram one, hologram projective hologram or whatever, where it's like you don't take non-combat damage or whatever. I think because of the card abilities, like Horrible and other stuff such as like Slipstream, Windsweeper and a few others, you can't stop that damage coming over from on, onto that character that has that armor or sorry, that utility. I think it's a utility or armor, whatever it is. That card, unfortunately. But I think it should because it's state. I don't know. I think I'm going to pull it up while you say so your point. I'm I, pull I, it I, I, know what the, I know what the ruling is. So okay. Hollow Matter Projector stops any form of card effect damage okay. occurring. However, any effect that allows you to move damage is not considered damage, therefore is not protected by Hollow, hollow Matter Projector, is not protected by Ironhide, it's not protected by Motormaster. Yeah. Um, the discussion we had was... And we kind of both concurred locally. Is to me, moving damage is still damage. Yeah. So, and, and it's a card-based effect. So, I think personally, I would like to see Hollow Matter Projector stop move damage as well. Yeah, I think so. I think because because obviously it states on the card, the upgraded character cannot take non-combat damage from your opponent's cards. Right there, opponent's cards obviously means battle cards. And to me as well, that also means your bot cards, your old card, the, the cards of your Transformers. So like Slipstream, Windsweeper, their character cards. I think that would fit under that umbrella of opponent's cards. I personally think, that's my opinion, but I don't know. Are we, are we, let's, ruffle the, let's ruffle the feathers. Let's get people talking about it. Because I think direct damage is a problem. Like... I'm not going to say, I haven't played it yet, and I loved watching it being played. That Quake deck, oh dear God, it's scary. So Quake is run with, um, I think it's Fangry and another card, I forget. But the problem is, in one of his modes, he basically says, when one of the other uh, people, one of, the, one of your people die, you take a point of damage. Peace through tyranny, your Titan Masters. When one of them's almost dead, peace through tyranny, so you can have another turn. You blow off the you blow off the the body mode. Everyone takes one damage. Then you basically have a head, and then when that head dies, oh yeah, everyone takes one damage. When obviously you have quake in that mode, that seems incredibly strong. You put that with horrible, ugh, like you're just having all this other stuff, and then obviously all the direct damage cards. I think I saw it watched uh, played on on Stefan's channel on the Def TV on a live stream, and I was like, holy cow, this is just not fun. But then again it might have potential to basically try and smash Sky Shadow because that seems to be like the hard push at the moment is like non-direct damage, 
orange is a thing, black pips are a thing. But I think from, I think actually you said it once, Mike, I think in an episode or someone said it to me where it's like, it seems whenever a wave is released, everyone goes super aggro. Like, and then eventually they figure out, right, okay, now let's try doing some things like with blue and stuff. Because I remember wave one, it was all about orange bugs, orange uh, dinobots. And then we kind of got with later waves. Orange cars. Orange cars. And then wave two, obviously, we had orange combiners. And then obviously wave three, we had a mixed bag of things, which was, I want to say it was like combiners again and also some other things. But everything seems to tend towards orange. And then eventually people start figuring out, oh, yeah, if we do this, we can do that. Oh, yeah. And then it's more prevalent because that's when we saw in like wave four and wave three, more blue decks being like formed. Like really, really interestingly. Yes. Yeah, so many people have said it on many a YouTube channel, on many a Facebook thread. The early doors meta is always orange and aggressive. And then as people adjust and understand how new cards have been deployed and, and are interacting with the game environment, they then move on to a more controlling, more refined um, palette of, of gamesmanship, if you will. So mm. um, I think it's interesting because we've played a couple of games uh, sat at the other end of at the other end of a long table today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we both have blue decks. Don't get me wrong, mine's blue, black with a smattering of orange, but none of the decks that I've rolled out are currently orange black. Um, there no. is one. I've got an orange black tank deck, um, which we didn't hit the table. But I think I'm either in the blue zone or in a mixed pip zone. Yeah. Um, I can see. You know, I, I have no interest in building just orange at the moment, um, and I haven't had the time, and we haven't had the time to sit down and play any games. Yeah, it's true. We've we've obviously been working on the challenge, which we're getting to later on, which has taken up a lot of our time, but also it's a it's a blessing in disguise because we lost five months of great content over the uh, unfortunate battle report that we'll never see, the 30-star hilarious game, unfortunately, the Fembot battle report, the other stuff that we did is not going to see the light of day. I will always bring it up because, yes, for some weird reason, I thought 30 stars was a thing after like not playing the game for two weeks. <laughs> I don't know why. Get out. I know. I don't know why I, I thought that. But, no, going back to going back to Wave 5, Titan Masters, really, really interesting. I do like that. Uh, the whole mechanic is really cool. Body, head, really interesting. There are the purists out there that will not swap heads. It's really interesting. Uh, yes, but that's fine. Uh, you know, there's a place. Yeah. There's a place for purists. There's a place for gamers. There's a place for just collectors. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I think, I ha in summary, for me, uh, Wave Five is not as game changing in terms of oh wow uh, than the than Siege One and Two. Yeah. However, it's game changing in more nuanced ways. Um, so what I mean by that is Siege 1 and 2 introduced a lot of cards which shook up a lot of the yeah. uh, scope of, of many, many decks. Mm -hmm. Whereas Wave 5 seems to definitely have some focus, um, but stratagems are also awesome. Um, I would love to see a stratagem that makes a Decepticon character a plane. Uh, so that perhaps you could get a decent six or seven drop in with Windsweeper and Slipstream. Okay. That'd be quite cool, because oddly you've got Clobber, and Clobber's stratagem, which makes someone a Dinobot. Yeah. And try as I might, I cannot figure out a decent enough mechanic where 
you put clobber on something like say megatron with megatron's new stratagem yeah and then you have me grimlock you grimlock and wave to sludge and you just uh yeah that sounds really bring fun. back sludge yep or some other else <laughs> and then yeah. just heal everything off megatron and just bold nine to the face yeah that sounds pretty fun like I think, I think, I think that's one of the the best things about Wave Five is the stratagems. It has opened up the floodgates to look back on older cards, like hugely. And that wizard, yeah. wizard, shout out to you guys. Stratagems are really cool. Yeah. Uh, please continue them going forwards. Yeah, they're love really, really them. cool. Absolutely love them. I would love, like we've just said, like stuff that include other planes. I really would love a points one for dirge, so you could actually play the coneheads. Because I remember when we were talking to Drew ages ago, um, he was like, yeah, that was an unfortunate mistake about the points cost. So it'd be really interesting if you could reduce Dirge's cost because then you could run Ramjet, Thrust, and Dirge. So you could run all the Coneheads and have a theme. That'd be really or cool. Or maybe you have a stratagem for Air Commander where yeah. all Decepticon jets have minus one star cost. That could be really interesting, but then obviously that could open the floodgates to Sky Patrol and loads of other fun stuff like those. Oh. those. But then actually that might work if you were going to run the new Tidal Wave stuff because obviously there's that guy who basically you can start with planes underneath. That could be interesting. No, no, because if the stratagem is no. tied to Starscream Air Commander... Oh yeah, that's true. You have to run you Starscream to Air run Commander yeah. and then you, then you can run other things with him. So, yeah, that's true. You know, it's not the ridiculous cost Starscream, but it's not going to yeah. allow you to throw in loads of... I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, there's stratagems, there's loads of characters, obviously, that we, we saw with this wave, like, we got one for Blitzwing, we got one for King Starscream, we got one for Cup, uh, Windblade. Um, I could see Cup's one being played. Yeah, I can really... I really want to play Cup's one. I really want to play that. I really want to play Cup's. Yeah, Chromia's ga uh, the Bike Gang one is actually really interesting. So yeah, it's, it's obviously a whole new revenue, like, not revenue, but an old time to look back at the, the stuff in your binder and go like, yeah, it's probably worth worth that. But Wave 5, I think for me, has kind of really re rethought the whole thing of like how you structure and build decks due to the fact that there is, right, I kill this guy, but I know for a fact another robot's going to fart out from him. So I need to figure out how can I... How can I prepare myself for that? And it really has reinvigorated the game. I think it was on um, transformingyourgame.net. Clint put it really, really nice, which I'm just going to plug now. Go check out their podcast. He said something which I was like, I completely agree with. And it was basically talking along the lines of like how it's just, it hasn't redefined the game, but it's really made the game at this point right now with all these different cards and waves, like really talk about card value and how you build a deck is really, really interesting. And sometimes people don't really enjoy uh, deck building and obviously they'll, they'll net deck and they'll try other things and then obviously they can do it that way. But I think this wave definitely makes you think about, right, what can I actually try and you know, what can I go back and play? Or maybe these new characters I really want to do. So obviously everyone's really excited about Horrible. Everyone's excited about Fangry and loads of other fun. Mainly it's the beasts, I find, <laughs> that everyone seems to be really excited. But when when we were talking ages ago, back in a few episodes, we were like, Autobots are getting all the love. Autobots are getting all the love. It seems this wave, Decepticon's got a ton of love. Yeah, I would say, I would say so. And it's about time. Um I think there's a perhaps a, a little bit of negativity in the community that perhaps it's all all de, it's all Decepticons all the time, um, but you know what? Press <laughs> and Autobots was a thing yeah. ages ago, so you know what? Let let let's let the game evolve, mm. let the Im game environment change, let's let the you know the plain decks and some of the other decks um, you know have a have a bit of time to shine before we condemn 
<laughs> condemn whoever uh, designed cards because you know what? Let's. I do not want to see the same deck over and over again mm-hmm. winning. I want to see multiple deck options in a competitive scene, um, and I want to see evolution and decks evolve from the constant right you must always run this this and this yeah you must always run this and this because that they are the best power card in the in the environment yeah i like to see nuance and change and subtlety and i think actually a lot of wave five cards introduce um subtle shifts so hold the line belligerence and hostilities you're not going to run three of no but you're going to run and there are some there's a lot of hate for Sky Shadow out there oh, yeah. at the moment. But I've got some cards which um, I will put in a deck and <laughs> should six cards should should if played in the right way give me a chance to stop Sky Shadow doing a thing and uh, new to him a little bit. Uh, yeah. You've just got to think about it. I really think uh, I'm not giving them away on cam- <laughs> on on audio. Sorry, yeah. folks. Sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I really think I think it's really interesting to see, uh, like like you were saying about like it's about it. It sounds rude to say, but it is about time Decepticons did have some love. Like uh, one of the games you played with those planes, that was a really huge amount of fun, which I saw where I was like, "Holy cow! I did not expect that much damage to come out." That's ridiculous that's really cool because sometimes you always have like okay here comes cars okay we're gonna do start your engines okay everyone flips i get another attack and other things like that but how you played your game just then mike before we turned on the microphones i was like that's a completely different way of thinking of doing start your engines but for planes and it was really cool and different and i was like gosh darn it i might have to take some of those things because that's a cool engine (laughs) sure sure um so where was i going i've forgotten (laughs) way five right favorite character let's go that route it doesn't have to be like an amazing card or anything windsweeper you really closely followed closely followed by perceptor so windsweeper you pulled you were very happy that you... This is your first STR you pulled as well. So I'm very happy for you because I seem to get more STR pulls than you. But you got the guy you wanted. Why do you like him so much? That's my my next question. Why, why Windsweeper? I wanted to do a plane deck. Cool. I really wanted Night Racer, but I forked out some money and bought Night Racer separately. <laughs> Um, but Night Racer isn't a deck you can build around Night Racer is tech that you will put into very many decks Yeah. so Night Racer is the new Flame War effectively Yeah. except it's Flame War as a super rare um, Mm. which is interesting and it's better than Flame War in some ways because it doesn't require a flip to activate to the right mode it's already there and it pushes secret actions which um are only going to be stronger now and huge with Spymaster's Ruse and Counter Espionage and, and other things. Yeah, I feel I feel like um, obviously Drew Drew's mentioned it in several interviews of other podcasts that I've listened to where he's basically like we wanted to push secret actions and we wanted to do that uh, and they're like pretty much like mini games within games. Like Counter Espionage is a game within itself. Like you get to see everything and then you're like, cool, if I name the right card, I got to bin this and other stuff. And it rewards you in that kind of way. But at the same time, it's like they really push some really interesting things. So obviously there's a lot of cool like Decepticon love, which I'm really happy about because, yeah, I do feel like Decepticons have kind of been forgotten a little bit by some of the... Ah, I remember now. All right, what were we going to say? No, No, go for it. So it's actually Decepticons are on the rise because at the end of Siege 2, the SR sitting on his throne... Yeah, of course. 
Lord ruling over Cybertron as Cybertron <laughs> ruler <laughs> is Megatron. So actually, it's kind of thematic. It is that Decepticons are in ascendancy mm. right now. Yeah, and we're, and we're just we're just waiting for that for that next wave of of interestingness because there are some Decepticons that haven't been released which might be coming out in the next set. There's some really interesting Autobots that haven't been released which obviously I could see coming and going like, right, we've lost the war here. How do we get it back? Like the first thing that screams out of my mind when I first first saw the toy, which uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later because obviously Dave answered one of the questions, is a Skylinks. I could see a Skylinks in a box. Like a Skylinks at the bottom of the box with all your boosters. Who wouldn't want a Skylinks? I think the next could be interesting. box topper uh, will be Scorponok. I think that's going to be a box within itself. That's my uh, bold claim. Because if you think about it, we had um, Metroplex as his own box, and then we got Triptychon as his own thing. Mm. I would love Scorponok as his own thing. Uh, it would be really cool, but I could, I could see him as a top boxer as well. But then again, it's also interesting where they're going to go next because I didn't think we saw... I didn't think... Earthrise is next. Yeah, so I honestly personally didn't see a Soundwave and a Blaster set coming. I can honestly say they were like... I was like, they're going to be in a box. They're going to be like the next couple of characters. And then they were like, oh no, we're doing an anniversary collection with them and then they're going to be their own thing. I was like, cool. I didn't see that one coming. So literally it could be it literally could be anything but i would actually like a score like a big boy because I, I i love running big boys everyone knows this i love titans i would love that as the next box because it will get a lot more pe i think new people playing the game again because obviously everyone was like as soon as rise of combiners where's devastator devastator is the most iconic one we got a devastator box so aren't we in danger of answering <laughs> early some questions from Maybe, you? Maybe, but this is what evolves from like playing Wave 5. There's like headmasters we haven't got. Like, I re is it Brunt who's the tank? I can't remember. Yeah, it is Brunt. I think he might come out in the next set if they do headmasters. But then this is a set where it's like that theme. So my question would be interestingly asking, we have Combiner Wars. They were all Combiners. And then we moved away from Combiners and we have the odd Combiner here and there without the sets. Will we then move into another set where we then just basically do the same kind of other cards with a different set, but we will have maybe a Titan Master involved and another Combiner involved. We might see that going forward. I would like to see more Combiners, and I would like to see Combiner teams redone because mm -hmm. I think some of the Combiner teams are now underpowered mm -hmm. in the game environment. Do so, let's think. Constructor cons. Of course. We, 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 we're, well, I'm going to say Belligerence helps them. And other other cards can help them, but still, I think it's just the cost of their no health. No health. No That's health. That's the problem. The health um, and direct damage. Maybe. How many points is Devastator? He's twenty five out of the box, isn't he? So he can't even get a. Is there a possible stratagem they could do, which would be pretty cool for a Devastator? Maybe I would love one. Make him a point. Oh, okay. Point better lower? question. Better question. Off the cuff. Okay. Um. Who would you like to see as a headmaster uh, or a Titan Master character? Mm. And from previous, oh, I've got one. from I've got previous one. earlier waves, yeah. who would you like to see have a stratagem? Okay, so headmaster, I would like to have RC, RC and Daniel. Awesome. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a really cool throwback. I'm just saying, I think that'd be really cool. She's a car. That'd be really cool. I've like um, in the deck tech challenge when you eventually hear this episode, it'll probably be out already. There, uh, I got to run private RC. That is the artwork I remember, and obviously Daniel as a head. That would be pretty cool. Um, stratagem. 
one character from waves one to four. I I, I keep pushing Dirge because I really want to play Coneheads or make Ramjet a little bit cheaper so you could literally play all the Coneheads, but I think that's a bit of a cop-out. Hmm. If I had to pick one character that I really want to play, but I don't think it gets a lot of play, but it might need a stratagem. That's a tricky one. That okay, is a, I'll go. You go. You go while major, I think. Major. Actually, major or um, not major, Soundwave. Okay. But the out-of-box Soundwave. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. So major Soundwave and the Spy Patrol. Okay. Or uh, the Soundwave in the Soundwave versus Blaster. With one, the mini-cassettes. With the mini-cassettes. Okay. So, first okay. of all, I would like to see all of the mini-cassettes because I think we're missing a couple here and there. Yeah, we are, yeah. Um, in either Spy Patrol or mini cassette form, I'd like to see all of them in both. Okay. Um, but I would like to see Major Soundwave have a stratagem that makes oh, I one know of the yeah. cassettes, uh, reduces yeah. the cost of cassettes by one because they're not epic, mm -hmm. but I would like to be able to run more than two cassettes with him. Yeah, I can I can see that possibly working. That'd be really cool because you do you do want the whole idea of him fighting out all the cassettes. Obviously, the most iconic thing in the movie is when he goes dram that jam those transmissions to a sound wave and you have the cassettes of blaster versus the cassettes of a sound oh man that's a really good one i i was i'm no he's he's too good no there it is um your boy from wave one slag points reduction points reduction on slag because then you could try and run or sludge sorry in this format sludge uh no slug yeah, Slug, sorry. You could run Slug, and then you could run Snarl, and you could run Grimlock. Because to me, even though Sludge is kind of like, you know, it, it's a Snarl or whatever, you want to you wanna try and run all the Dinobots, but you won't be able to unless you run Wave 2 in this current format. But I, I think the most iconic ones is you want to run a T-Rex, you want to run a Triceratops, and you want to run a Stegosaurus. Like, if, if you're going to be brutally honest, which I am going to be right now, I might get a lot of hate for this, who really wanted to play with a, a Brachiosaurus or a Diplodocus or whatever they are, the long-necked ones? You you will always remember Grimlock because he's a T-Rex. You will always remember Snarl because he is a um, Stegosaurus. And then um, you will always remember Sludge because he's a Triceratops. They're the three most iconic oh dinosaurs. Oh, my God. Let's start this again. <laughs> Honestly. So, Grimlock T-Rex. Yes. Slag uh, or Slug is uh, a, a Triceratops. Yeah, he's a Triceratops. Um, Swoop is a... Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Snarl. The, a Stegodon is Snarl. Yep. And then Sludge is a... Is it Brachiosaurus or Dip, Dip, Diplodocus or whatever you want to call yes. it? It's, it's not... You called, him a, you called him a Stegosaurus. Oh, ago. did I? Sorry, I apologize. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> ranting about Dinobots. No, it's, I think they're the most three iconic dinosaurs when you think about them anyway. And so you want to run... I, re I just think Dinobots need to come back because I think Bugs got a lot of love when they came back as Blue because uh, they had a reincarnation. Ooh. Maybe that might be it. Dinobots. Ooh, bombshell. Dinobots. Oh, actually, that's a good one. Bombshell 1, Wave 1. <laughs> that was one of them that had a read, like, Psyops Commander. <laughs> <laughs> Blank text. Good uh, stats, but... Yeah. That was it. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, cool. So, yeah, Wave 5 is really... So, you said Windsweeper is possibly your favorite character. Um, I I don't want to say Perceptor because I've saw Perceptor be played and he was really really good. Doesn't matter about playability. It matters about which ones you're most excited for playing right now. Most excited for playing right now. 
Uh, ever since I rewatched the first couple of episodes of Titan Masters, just to remember what Scorponot looked like and like Fortress Maximus, because I needed to use it in a video that might be coming very, very soon to a YouTube channel near you. Um, I really, really am looking forward to playing Chrome Dome or Brainstorm. I think they're very, like Chrome Dome, I think is, for me, if I look at Chrome Dome, right, in, in, his, in his body mode, here we go, let's just pull him up on the screen. So what he does in bot mode is, when you flip to this mode, look at your opponent's hand and you put an action from it into their KO area. Oh yes. An action. That could be secret, that could be normal, that could be game changing for certain decks out there. Like, goodbye peace, goodbye the B word as belligerence, goodbye other horrific um, secret actions, because you have the opportunity to then go, okay, I want to play this this turn, but I know for a fact that secret action may be stopping me and all this other stuff. So he's really interesting. And for... I will now look at him. Eight. Eight stars is pretty awesome. So I want to run him uh, a lot. But I also really, because I can say I'm not a huge Wreckers fan. Like, I enjoyed reading the Wreckers. I know there's a huge cult following. I know Wreck and Rule love them, and basically that is why... Name their are. YouTube channel. Name of their YouTube on, on channel theme. after them. Very, very theme. But um, I really want to win, uh, run the brothers, Twin Shot, and... Is it Twin Shot? Or? Twin Twist and Top Spin. That's the one. I want to run those two, just because it's super theme. Like, I would love to run a theme Wreckers deck. That'd be really, really cool. Maybe even bring a Springer back into the works with a one of them, maybe even Cup or something like that. Just really, like, I think that's one thing Wave 5 does really well is, like, you can run really interesting theme decks. So you can even have the opportunity when lovely Corona has kind of calmed down and we're allowed to, like, you know, social, still social distance and stuff, but play tournaments and stuff. You can run themed tournaments more and some stuff like that because I think there's stuff out there now that you can go, cool, I want to run this, this, and this. And it could be really interesting. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think Wave Five's awesome. Battle card. What do you absolutely love? Obviously, the B word is awesome. And I'm not that awesome. hyped on the belligerence world. You're not, you're not on the belligerence uh, world. I think Clint will be really happy that you said you're not hyped on the <laughs> on the B word, which is kind of nice. I'm thinking, bear with, you go that's, for yours. That's perfectly fine. Okay, so Wave 5 opened up a huge amount of possibilities of playing stuff. And uh, I think one of my personal favorites that came from it, which I think is just super theme, I'm sorry if it's super theme, is obviously in Wave 1 we got a really cool thing called Energon Axe, which was the an awesome card, still is very prevalent in this meta. Um... But to me, when I remember watching the kids' Transformers TV when I was saying, Optimus Prime had an orange axe. And I was like, okay, cool, we might have that. And then we get to see that cool artwork. If you got the Energon edition, you got the, you know, the new artwork of Prime with the orange axe. You're like, oh, that's cool. And so one that I, I love, and it's, it's not with, you know, it's not super powerful. It's not incredible. But I just love Energon Mace. I really like Energon Mace just because Megatron finally gets a mace. And... Dare I say it, it is in a sideboard of a deck that I'm running, thanks to Kai and a few little changes by me, that I'm running for Living Weapon. Because I think Living Weapon has play now. Mike's played against it a little bit. It can get a little bit crazy. But having Energon Mace, and if you are a leader, you get Pierce 3 on it, and then other things that he can do. You can he can become quite a bit of a Pierce monster, to be honest. Uh, but it's just, I really like Energon Mace. Not just because the artwork's bitching. I, re I really, really like it. And I think that's my, my cop-out. It's just really cool artwork. And it's theme. That's me. Kamian Crash. <sighs> Why Kamian Crash? 
It's just too good. <laughs> do one damage, do two damage to a, to a card of your choice on board. It's filth. So my question... As in amazingly good in any... Any build. Any build. It's a must include. So... For me, in almost any deck. Okay, so Black Pip, do you feel like they got it right by just putting a Black Pip on it? Or should it have been, dare I say, another colour? Dare no. I say, no. no other pins? Black no, Pip no, is no. fine. Black Pip on its own is fine. Cool. I think that's a good design space. I because um, in most orange builds, mm -hmm. you can afford to have a couple of non-orange cards um, and black... So, if, like, for example, you're usually trying to build Pierce equal to your attack. Yeah. And most robots come with an attack stat of some X. So your your Pierce value is playing catch-up with your attack stat. So actually, having a black pep card is fine because it doesn't hurt orange. Yeah. Um, it doesn't hurt blue either because blue is typically trying to get whatever amount of damage it's doing through. So again, even though it's technically a no pip card for blue or black, blue or orange <laughs> then it is um it's good good in both and if you're running a mixed pip deck it's black so you know happy days i'm I'm okay with it i don't think it would be run if it was blank no pips um and i think green would be ridiculously too powerful okay. um and i think white would tip it over the edge okay so Okay, we're, we'll move off wave five in a second after this last question, uh, and we'll get into the content that we're releasing Ooh, for like our YouTube. I'd like to go YouTube. back to uh, wave okay, five commentary before we get to close Yeah, sure. Out. Okay, let's go with your thing, and then I'll finish on my question. Go for it. So, um, you'll have to figure this one out. Oh, here <laughs> we go. The face, the face he pulled. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you may or may not know that we, unfortunately, were not able to get a card reveal for wave five. That is true. For, for whatever reason, I don't know. Yep. Um, but, uh, so... <laughs> Wizards, if you're out there listening, uh, we would love to continue to be involved with the rest of the community in doing spoilers. Yes. Um, I would have been super hyped. As crazy, as bonkers crazy as this sounds, Lee, and you're going to pull faces here. I'm really, I'm excited. They could have given me um, the the shield, the double orange one, because that art Improv Oh, improvised shield. They could have given me improvised yeah. shield, and oh, I'd have been so happy, cool. purely because of the artwork. Purely because of the artwork. Um, so... Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we'll get a chance to uh, do some reveals. But right now, I don't care about the next set. I want to enjoy the new set yeah. that's been out less than a week it's before true. we start hyping on about stuff. But um, <laughs> I think there were some... Awesome cards. The way there were some awesome cards, battle yeah. cards, character cards, Titan Masters, Headmasters, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Stratagems. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Love yeah. it, love it, love it. And I think it's really great the way... Wizards are empowering the community to yeah. drive the sets and content and create the hype and buzz. Yeah, uh, and we would love, and like we're not trying to brown nose you too much, but we would love to do more spoilers because obviously you've given us cards in the past, uh, cards we play a lot of uh, with certain decks. And uh, yeah, we would love you guys to give us spoilers or anything like you do on other channels. It'd be awesome. So my final question come to Wave 5, is with certain cards that have been released in Wave 5, has it gone? Has it made you go back in your binder to look at other things that might be playable now? A little, but not yeah? a lot. I not a lot. So the problem is, because I'm still at work full-time, Okay. Uh, and there's just less time to get things done right. at the moment because of just the nature of my work, I haven't had a lot of time 
to look at building loads of things. And right okay. now, my my brain is like a shotgun where it can <laughs> fires off millions and millions of ideas and things. And when I'm partway through one idea, I kind of stop and move on to something else. And that's Definitely. my own my own fault. So um, I haven't really had any dedicated time yet to get neck deep back into building. I've put two or three decks together, but they are, you know, I built a planes deck. Um, yeah. With Windsweeper, because I was cool. I'm, I'm part way through building a Sound Blaster mm, deck, which you'll enjoy. scares me. Um, and I'm trying to rebuild a Lord Megatron deck, because I have a Lord Megatron now. Cool. Nice. Um, but there is also a Galaxy Prime deck, because I... There you know, is. We have just traded. We've done the trade. You will see Finally. that video. It is an epic, hilarious, Sports Center theme trade. The trade has happened... I don't. I, 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 I've, I've been in hock to the mafia for a, for about four <laughs> months. <laughs> I feel. I feel like honestly, when you look back on the trade, you're getting something that I know for a fact you were going to play. And as soon as I got it, I was like, I know who this is going to. We just need to figure out the amount of what is actually value for it. I think when you eventually watch the video, I think it was fair. We didn't rip each other off. I think you did all right, Abbott. And, and I, I think, think we both we did, did okay. Did well. I think we so, did yeah. okay. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, uh, basically Lee pulled a spare Galaxy Prime. Yes. And the I... only tournament I won at Boards and Swords as well. The only tournament I've ever won. Was I there? No. That'd be why. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> was, ben, was Bondo there? No. That's why. That's what I'm saying. I remember I said it on a... Was it uh, just you? No, it was It was like five joke, or six of joke. us. But it was like, for some weird reason, I won somehow. And okay. you know what it was? It was the Fembot list that I completely forgot to rewrite. Oh, I hate that list. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, well, yeah, that was it. Uh, so, um, basically, list. Lee pulled uh, double galaxies, traded one to me, and we finally got it sorted. And uh, I've been in hock to Lee the Mafia for about four months, <laughs> and, and we finally worked it out because I uh, pulled a SR super rare from wave five that he wanted and i did not so there we go and i can now finally build a galaxy prime deck after the massive hate train is, <laughs> is on the downturn hopefully it's because fine. there's a lot of people that don't like that card what In galaxy prime yeah just everyone everyone everywhere was I running it at killable a though now there's i there's oh God, i think yeah. there is i think the funniest thing which obviously wave five does address is problems from other waves as well like i think major shockwave is a not as scary he is still scary and i think galaxy prime is still scary don't get me wrong in certain builds but there are tools out there now to slow him down a ton and to kind of stop think let's how i can how can i beat this person and i think there are there are tools out there now Mm. I would like to say one thing before we close out on wave five. Go. One of the cards I stupidly undervalued. <laughs> stupidly undervalued. Are you going to say the S word? No. Bra oh. Brawn. Oh, Brawn. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say Skull Smasher. Was... I thought you were going to come uh, around on it. No, no. Uh, yeah, and, and school. You've, you've come around on Skull Smasher. A little bit. Only oh. because I, I watched a video where RJ played uh, somebody <laughs> on online and he ran it with Ominous and I hadn't ever considered running it with Ominous because okay. it's, he's already chunky, mm -hmm. but PS4 plus all of the other stuff he does mm -hmm. actually kind of makes and me also with an think it's viable. Ball. And with an auto, if you're fighting an autobot as well, that's even more pierce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. He's good. 
And I'm so glad that you've come around a little bit on him. A little bit more. A little, little bit, bit more. How much? How much? Because I know it was like a solid 5%. It's because I don't build decks when I've not got <laughs> cards. <laughs> That's so true. That's true. All of my concept builds, until I see physical cards, I can't process information right. easily. So I, I'm very much, a, I learn by doing and I learn, I, 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 I assimilate information by re- physically reading. If you hand me an, an ebook, yeah. no chance of remembering half of the stuff. Yeah. If you let me read it, however, it'll be in they're most of the v- 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 verbatim okay got you okay so so if you haven't watched the trade video because we can just quickly go back to the trade no no don't spoil it all i'm saying is i gave you two cards because you needed one normal guy to go with prime yep. and i got seven back in trade so basically it was like a hilarious kind of like if you ever watched american sports uh, if you did a draft pick how much can i give from my current roster for this mega god or whatever is how we've put out the video so hopefully you guys enjoy it i look forward to seeing that soon it is gonna be a ton of fun i'm looking forward to it um so uh and wave five comedy pictures of mafia as well yeah of course good probably good you in a hat and a suit good good fellas music is probably what's going to be being played fingers crossed or the godfather or the godfather yeah i'll have to put some of that music in as far back as i could remember i always wanted to be a gangster <laughs> Moving, moving on. on, moving on. So, yeah, wave, uh, wave five out. We've got our cards. It's really awesome. Seems everyone seems to be really excited about it. So, ooh, news just in. What's news just I in? I forget. What? Something that we haven't talked about. Okay, go. Do. D. Yes, D's back. D's coming back, man. D is back. He's he's in. He's he's, he's back got a box in. of product. He's going to play some wave five, and we're going to be the trifecta again. It's true. It's going to be awesome. I think I think the best way I I kind of addressed D's D's comeback on um, uh, transformyourgames.net latest episode, which is episode sixteen. If you want to go listen to it, guys, check out their channel as well. Really good group of guys. Um, I said uh, that D took some time away from the game. Um, he wasn't enjoying it as much because the stuff he liked to build kind of really didn't get any support and he just wasn't enjoying where the game was heading. But um, he's now come back uh, and he's enjoying it. He's been picking up products in other waves as well, but he hasn't been like Mike and me and a few of the other guys playing it nonstop. So I'm excited that D's back. Uh, And he is back because of a lovely thing we're going to smooch move straight into, which is the Deck Tech Challenge. We are doing the Deck Tech Challenge on our channel. What were we going to say? Uh, I was going to say also, yes. in addition to D coming back, we've also gained a couple of players in Leicestershire. So yeah, we have. if you happen to be listening to this material and live in the area of Leicestershire, mm-hmm. uh, please send us a Facebook message um, or join the TCG community UK community group yeah. uh, and shout out because we're looking to grow the community in the Midlands. At the moment, we are playing our games in Derby and Boards and Swords yes. uh, whenever it reopens. Um, but with the way Leicester's growing, maybe we're going to look at doing something a little more local as well. Leicester ad yeah. hoc. There's ad a lot. Hoc. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, which is really exciting because that's what we want to do with building the community, and that's what uh, the Deck Tech Challenge is actually doing online. Like Mike and me came up with this idea called the Deck Tech Challenge, which basically was right. We go through our old binder. We look up ca- cards that might not get play a lot, and then also the battle cards and stuff like that. We nominate two characters, two battle cards. You have to at least use one character and one of the battle cards, build a deck, talk about it a little bit, then have a battle report. That's the, that was the dream. We did an episode. It was really, really fun. We couldn't uh, do uh, round three properly, which is a battle report due to technical issues and those of other fun stuff. 
But we did uh, address it in how the whole content should go f moving forward. And then we put it out in the community and it kind of spread like wildfire. It was really, really awesome. Like uh, my inbox on Facebook on the day of like announcing, hey, we're doing a live open. Um, <laughs> Mike's looking at my face going like, what's going on? What's going on? Um, it, it flooded and it did break me a little bit how many people were super excited about it. And so we narrowed it down to 20 to begin with. Mike wouldn't believe me this, but there was like 40 plus people. Holy crap. Yeah. Jesus. So that's a lot of people. Wow. Uh, yeah. So um, the, I think the concept was we wanted to do some kind of YouTube channel collaboration. I think the original idea was that we were going to do some kind of invite all the YouTubers to a mutual Suit, mutually suitable location in the UK, have a day or so of playing cards and try and figure out a way of driving community content forwards. And yeah. and then we were going to do like a, a, a YouTuber's team battle or something where yeah. we do matchups. And for, for various reasons, that idea never got any traction. Nope. Um, and so we then morphed it into something that I think was better and wider ranging short term, which was that we said... We're going to open this up to anybody that wants to get involved. Uh, and I am astounded by yeah. the sheer volume of people that have got involved. And maybe it's just the time of... The time, <laughs> maybe it's just the current world <laughs> virus situation and people are more open to doing online stuff. But I think it is epic how we have got some of the best players in the world offering to imbibe and give their insights into how they might build a deck or how they would play with a certain card in a certain way and every single episode that is being released so far i think we're up to episode three at the moment yeah episode four is coming out on the day of this recording coming out in two days time okay so by the time this probably hits you'll it'll already be episode four but it'll moment, be already out yeah we're in episode <laughs> three and every single episode has made had a couple of gems yeah in terms of skill set and knowledge mm. um and i think we're going to run it for a little while to see yep. how things go and we've got some ideas on keeping it fresh uh which we're going to talk about off off, off audio off audio off camera um in the basement in the basement yeah Lee's <laughs> <laughs> allowed out occasionally i am i am yes um <laughs> And I'm 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 just yeah shocked and order. So thank you everyone for being involved. The concept basically is that we have a mass global collaboration of content creators where we can get people thinking about the game in different ways and playing different cards in different ways and just do something joined up with people that have never done it before. Yeah, because because when when obviously we had our hard drive get corrupted, which will always be the backbone of the problem uh, with this channel, is when stuff goes wrong, it's really really bad. And when it goes bad, I mean it does go bad. So we had no content, and we uh, we mentioned on another podcast as well that we don't really do deck techs and we don't really enjoy. But we did a few, and they got some good views, and we were happy, and some people really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed editing, and it kind of got me reinvigorated to do more TCG content. So going forward, we were like, how can we combine? doing a deck tech with a battle report and then getting people involved. Wait a minute, ding, ding, light bulb, and that's this is where we are. So we have like 20 people involved in the deck tech challenge, and uh, 
this is varying from very various different points of content creators. What we've got, we've got um, we've got DefTF working with us. We've got Matterfer from YouTube. We've got Deceptor Talk. We've got Blues versus Orange, the YouTube channel. We've got TransformYourGame.net. We've got Pips and Flips Instagram account. We've got Powered by Primus. We've got the boys from Vector Sigma. We've got um, I want to say uh, Fred from Kindle Hobbies, uh, which is a store in Malaysia of all places, which is awesome. Which when I did research is kind of the central hub for people playing in Malaysia, which is 100%. really, which is awesome. Uh, we've got members from our Facebook community because they might not do content, but they're quite prevalent either in the UK or America, and they do content, like whether it's blogs and stuff like that. And then obviously you've got the boys here at Bleed Tech Productions. And we have opened it up to everyone else, and we're always willing for more people to join us. The door is always open. That's why on the character selection screen, we have new challenges coming. So... Dare I say it, we're, we're not going to call out other channels or other celebrities that we, we want to do collabs with. You might not, but I'm definitely going to in a second. Okay, I, I would love to uh, to get uh, some of the boys who designed the game on it. I'd love to get, like, Matt Smith. I'd love to get God Drew. God damn it, you've Is stolen that, my idea. If you, want, if you want to play Matt, if Matt's listening no, no, and no, no, he no, wants no, to I, do I, it... I don't want to play... I don't want to get wrecked by Matt. <laughs> uh, no, but what I would love to do... So, if you remember when Drew came over for the Energon Invitational and used his actual holiday... Yes. He bought a Jetfire Magnus deck. Yes, and he did. he said, I'm amazed that nobody in the global community seems to have hit on this deck. So what I would like to see is perhaps just separately to this, Matt Smith or some of the people okay. at Wizards that that can build and play seriously good. Right. Uh, maybe they unveil some hi unhidden gems that have now passed their prime. Okay. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, if, 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 Matt could spare an hour of his life to get involved in the deck tech challenge. I really think it would be inspirational to the global community to see someone with his skill set just throw out a couple of curveball ideas. Now, bearing in mind, we have no idea what cards he would love to build with and what cards he, he's got powerhouses for, but a random player will give him some stuff. Yeah. And it would be really interesting to see some someone of that caliber, yeah. what they throw down with. But we're not going to you know, uh, compel people. It's just the offer's there. It's open if you want. We would love to see someone of that caliber uh, throw into the mix and see what they come up with. 100% true. And that's the whole point of the Deck Tech Challenge is not just because we want it to... I said on the, the podcast interview that I don't want it just to be our baby. We want this to grow and go on other people's channels. We want it to also go into other communities where they can go, oh yeah, our game night. Um, let's all... Uh, build a deck using this character, uh, either of these characters and these cards, and let's have a night where we try playing those things. We wanted to basically make you guys out there just bring uh, new people to the community, but also grow the community because people, we've seen it in the first couple of episodes, people have done things that we've not even thought about. Like, holy cow, like, it's really interesting to look at Dan's build on, uh, is it? I, I Detritus. Say, Detritus idea. That was really interesting. I re and you know what I personally like? I like the whole Corey idea with like freaking double deadlock. That was really fun. I really like that build. That was really, really fun. Uh, and just, I think I think the idea was just to grow the community and just have a, have a ton of fun doing it. And, you know, it's, a, it's an avenue for us to do content, which basically can hit the things that we want to do on this channel, which is bring battle reports and do deck techs. And it kind of knocks both of them out of the park. And create good community collaboration. Exactly. And we've got tons of that going on. We've uh, even got Jamie by Powered by Primus in there, who I think we missed off of the shout-outs. No, I did. I did Powered by Primus. Oh, did you? I, I don't forget about Jamie. Jamie was our first, like, well, actually, Jamie was our second major collaboration. Our first one was the Wreck and Rule guys. Brian. 
Brian, we Before love you. I was involved. Yes, you were. You were involved. And so was Dee. Everyone, we had a full cast for that. That's the, that was our first ever podcast, I believe. Uh, it was Brian, probably. Oh, man, we're on episode seven. It's mad. I need to go back through the archives. But yeah, we're doing the Deck Tech Challenge. It's on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check it out. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on iTunes or any kind of audio medium, check us out on YouTube. You can check out all the episodes that are out right now. I think there's going to be four. So uh, yeah, have a fun time with that. So with that being said, let's get into some questions. We've got a few questions. We put it out on the Facebooks for people to, to answer, uh, to give us some questions. Because we, we, we want to, to involve you guys out there as much as possible in, our, in the stuff that we create on this YouTube channel. So um, my first question comes from a lovely man who's part of our Deck Tech Challenge, Ben Cox. He says, has Wave 5 been a massive reinvigoration for the game in your opinion? It's a very interesting, interesting thing because like... I think it has because I think every wave always brings something new to the table. Like wave one, it was all about snow Decepticons. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to get involved because I like the whole idea, but I'm not going to buy any product. Wave two, combiners. I was like, I'm in now. I am fully in because I get to play as Predaking. I get to play as Menasaur. And you know what? Because I've picked up some wave one stuff, sure, why the heck not? Then we had wave three, which... I think that was the wave which introduced. Um, it was was it Titan Masters? No, it wasn't. It was um, was it the guns? No, it wasn't even Target Masters. Wave three was just a really good wave. I think it was just freaking solid wave. I can't remember that far. I'm letting Lee slowly. <laughs> oh, man, sink. It's, trying, it's so hard to remember what happened in wave three. Wave three was good for battle cards. I Weapon know that for masters. A fact. And then it was wave Weapon. fire drive. Yes. Uh, Caliber, uh, what's his name? Um, tough three guy. Aimless. 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 Another fun stuff like that was in Wave so, 3. So, in and answer to the question... It's good. I think has it, it reinvigorated the game? No. Oh, okay. Has it revolutionised the game and evolved it to a different place than where it was at at the end of Siege 2? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think we are now seeing the ascendancy of Decepticon-based decks. We are seeing a big push with the Black Pierce, and we are seeing massive, massive nuances in terms of character combinations and just possibilities of combination of cards. And lastly, it has evolved the game where stratagems will allow you to revisit old characters that should have probably hit the table but never did because they were overshadowed by OPBL or this or that. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, our next question is from Dave Amos. He says, I think this is quite a, an interesting question. So seven collectible STRs are in the set. Is this too many, do you think? Or does it devalue the whole idea of an, R, uh, an RSRT status? I'll go. Go for it, uh, sir. I think it does the opposite. Okay. S so let's be realistic for a moment um hasbro and wizards which is a division subsidiary thereof uh, is a business it needs to make money in order to continue m putting out product and games um i think the introduction of seven super rares while inconvenient for the collectors of the world is really good because it will compel people to buy more cases more products mm -hmm. and therefore will put more cards out into the environment um, it should, in theory, lower the market on certain cards, but what it does, conversely, is it ups the pound value or dollar value of the super rares in other ways because they become even more desirable because there's 
even more of them that are needed by even more people. So now it's not, I've got three cards that I need. It's now that person needs seven cards. That person needs seven cards, particularly Mm. if they're completionist collectors. So is it too much? I think five, maybe six is fair. I think seven is perhaps a, a tiny bit over, but I'm okay with there being seven super rares. I'm not a completionist collector, mm-hmm. so I'm not that bothered. Um, I think more interestingly is if you look at the introduction of and rarity of the Titan Masters, heads and bodies and stratagems, that's actually probably more of a talking point because you can buy four boxes or you can buy a case of product and still not have all, all the of the uncommons yeah. and all of the stratagems and all of the heads. You could mm. potentially have that. Let, let's forget super rares. Let's just talk about raw uncommons. So, um, And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think... You know, I'm a, I'm a yeah. two box per set kind of guy. Me too. I'm a two box guy and then I need to fill in the holes. Like I think I think the prime example for me when it comes to your thing you just said about commons and uncommons, uh, when it comes back to going way back in the day when uh, we were doing wave two, I needed headstrong. Out of all the other Predacons, all I needed was a headstrong. And he's a common, I believe, or a, you know, a, a, a rare or, a, or an, un, an uncommon or whatever you want to call it, but I, I needed him to complete the set, and I wanted him more than I wanted a Blitzwing or a Springer, even though, you know, they weren't I don't think they're incredible, but I wanted them, I wanted him more, because I could then play a character I wanted to play, which was Predaking. So, I don't know, I like having STRs, because then maybe we get more unique characters, and that's a way of bringing in the guys that are a little bit interesting, like, did we think we would get a, a Wingspan and Pounce in this set? Probably not. I didn't. Think I don't so. even know who they are. I do. <laughs> I'm not going to. Bear in mind, I am a Generation <laughs> One fan, and I bowed out at Takara. Okay, fair play. So yeah, it's it's around that comic time. book related material. It is, and also around that time of Headmasters, they were they were becoming a. Oh, uh, okay, fine. So uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting route because I feel like when you look back at the STRs, all of them are kind of like unique characters or a version of a character you can get either as a common or a rare, for example. So like, we will probably always get a, uh, a some sort of STR for Prime and Megatron. Like, we've had that in previous waves. Then we've got like niche characters such as like Springer in Wave 2, Blitzwing in Wave uh, wave wave 2. And then in Wave 3, we had King Starscream, which was really, really cool. Um and then this wave, we've had other stuff. So, like, obviously, with Autobots, this wave has been really interesting to see a lot of trucks, which is really, really cool. But obviously, we had the car Wind Charger, which is really, really cool seeing him. Uh, we had Tracks, which I was really happy that I pulled. I really like Tracks. I think his stratagem is really cool for cars as well as planes. I think that opens up a really interesting avenue for putting him in a Decepticon build or even Autobot build. I think it's really, really cool. Um, I think it's just, you know, I think having more unique characters in uh, as an STR is kind of also a selling point, like what you were saying, Mike. I think, you know, I didn't think Pounce would be an STR, uh, but he is. Uh, Wingspan isn't, but then you can say, oh, I really want to get Pounce so I can get both of them together, so I can play mm. that theme. And they, they work really well together as well. How do you feel about Night Racer being a super rare? Because so, Night Racer is, as we've said earlier, kind of the new Flame War, and Flame War is was everywhere in the early days. I think you just nailed it on the head just by saying it was everywhere, and it is. Like, Flame War was a common, and everyone used it. If you had five points, oh, I could use this. No, we used Flame War. It was a default. And I feel like Night Racer is slowly, like we've said, and other podcasts have said, like feels like a new Flame War. 
and he's probably going to be the new default. So why not make up a character that's going to be a new default? Super hard to get hold of. <laughs> so we have more unique, like you were addressing towards the end of our talk with Wave 5, more unique builds that don't involve just, ah, oh, Flame War auto-include, uh, Night Racer auto-include. Like, you can think outside the box. Yeah, it sounds really weird. Um, like, it sounds... I'd never want <laughs> it to be, if you've got lots of money and you can afford to buy expensive cards, you win tournaments... Um, which kind of is where we're this this thread is kind of going in a way, which is not my intention. It's more, I am just really happy that such a tech-based card, which will see play in many decks, is not going to be as commonly available initially. Mm. Um, and I'm okay with that. Okay, cool. Right, uh, we've got a few more questions to go, and then we'll uh, we'll escape into uh, this uh, lovely stratosphere. And uh, our next question is from uh, Ben, uh, ben Cote. He says, now this is a really interesting question. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I can really chime in on it. I, don't, I think Mike might be able to do better as well because you've played a lot more living card games than me, I think. Um, so uh, how does a game still only in its second year that's in the UK, which was underpinned by the LGS model, survive and bounce back from effectively a, a year and a half of inactivity? It's a bit of a question. Um, I would say community because my, my idea is like when we look at the model of what Wizards has done in the UK, they did an Energon Invitational. Obviously, on other podcasts, where's Drew's talked, they were going to do loads of them this year, but obviously, with the situation we're currently at, uh, well, stopped. to chime in, they haven't announced anything, and they they didn't announce anything. So, but they had planned. That's we don't. We said. don't know. We don't know. Okay. There was definitely a plan to do something. Yeah. What that was going to take, I don't know. So, um, the easiest way to continue doing it is that they create foil-based promos or promo cards like Tidal Wave, which encourages players to go to stores and play games. Yeah. Um, when stores are open, or what they do is they create. Um, promos which again are only available to registered play stores that then can be used to support the community in in in, in a designated way i dislike the idea of being promos being given out for stores to do whatever they want with i think they should be done to do a certain thing so for example let's say if we're under lockdown for the next year because we have a second repeat of corona and we're all putting back indoors with curfews i would not like to see you know, I'd like to see a promo that is based on, I don't know, playing or trying to promote, doing something in the community in a good way. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. But um, I think the way they, they do it is, um, sadly, we don't have a supplier like the US does, which puts serious money and prize support behind it as an organization where they run PPG pro play games where they run significant events with significant prizes and at the end of the year you're competing for big money or big prizes in terms of product cards money mm. um we don't have that in the uk because i don't think we simply have the player numbers to do it yet so for us uh in the uk i would say some kind of promo regular based promos that will push people to travel and play games and also an energon invitational as the crowning piece for the uk with some kind of um access to a to an to an, another event elsewhere in the world would be amazing like maybe not so much where wizards have to fund the flights maybe they fund a bit of the flights 
Um, uh, but what they have is they have more tickets available to an invitational event. Cool. I was going to say I would love it to be like kind of community driven based. So, for example, like obviously we've only had the uh, Energon Open here. We've only had that invitational thing here. Um, what we had planned, like I can say for Mike and myself and obviously Mondo, um, we all planned tournaments this year. Mondo ran his, uh, which went really, really well till all I won. Really good turnout there. I was gutted. I was freaking working. You went there, Mike, and obviously the Blues mm. on the Tag Boys and a few others, and it ran. It worked really well at Manuscrew. I know for a fact you wanted to run one at Boards and Swords. Yeah, we were supposed to have yeah. um, a Winner Box event um, in late June, light our darkest hour, but unfortunately I am almost 100% certain that that event will be cancelled due to lockdown restrictions. Yeah, and then I have one that I was going to do in November, but obviously we don't know what's going to happen next. So the idea going forward is like we need people. I I I, I kind of put it on another podcast as well. We need people to just kind of like stand up with a megaphone and say, "Let's do this and take a risk." Like I'm pretty positive if we could somehow as a community group together and go, "Cool, let's find a neutral location so people can travel to come to do an event that is X amount of months a year," and somehow wizards could get behind it or someone else could get behind it or whatever, and we could play Transformers as a thing and then be like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe we won two or maybe three a year, for example, and then basically go, oh, yeah, you won the third one, you won the second one and whatever, so you could have something based in the UK because we don't have stuff like the uh, the Americans have, like the what's it called in the magic the pro tour and stuff like that which they do and they've started like with mike what you were saying with the price support and stuff like that maybe we need to have a model maybe we need to talk to wizards about do we need to have people who can run that in the uk can can it be a community driven thing does it need to be run by wizards like i don't know like honestly it could be very interesting but i know for a fact there's a few of us in the community that want to run tournaments and run it at their local game stores and uh, i know people will travel to do it and you can do that now if you want to run tournaments and events that's cool just go and do it yeah um i think if you're talking about doing some kind of showpiece series then i don't think it can be a community-based thing because we'll never agree um <laughs> okay. and you know locations let's not even start there with who can't travel north or south or whatever so i think i think at the end of the day as long as there is some kind of not cheap and cheerful, but some kind of readily available um, promos that support organised play in the UK that will keep the community going for a while. And a showpiece event that is once a year, as and when Wizards decides it's appropriate to run stuff, would be cool. I can't see you doing much more than that. And the only way you're going to get kind of a pro play tour is if someone in Europe uh, runs it and has an organisation and they have singular control of the event in conjunction with Hasbro slash Wizards, um, like PPG did have, have do have. Um, that's it. If you throw it out to 20 million and one people, you're going to get 20 million and one people wanting to do things differently. It will be death by community. Cool beans. Okay, so we've got a few more questions. Ben, uh, ask easier questions. <laughs> he always gives us good questions. I'm really happy with these uh, these tough questions. So the next question we've got is, uh, a, a, I think we touched on it a little bit, is from Ben Cox. He says, what would be your next box set? I.e. we have Blaster and Soundwave, we have Metroplex, we have Devastator. What would you like? I think we talked about Scorponok a little bit. I've said Skylinks. I think I'm looking back on what the other box sets were. We had an Autobot one, then a Decepticon one, then a joint Autobot Decepticon one, 
And then we had another joint Autobot Decepticon one. Because I'm trying to think of the box sets now. We have Metroplex. We had Devastator. We then had um, the two-player battle set, which was Autobots and Decepticons. And then, obviously, we had um, Soundwave and Blaster, which was Autobot and Decepticons. What would you like? I think it would be really cool to do a tribal-based box set. Forget a individual box set. Do three or four. So you'd have a, uh, you know, when 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 they do rotation um, in a few years' time, uh, mm-hmm. or in a couple of year, in a year or so's time, maybe we have a, a new new planes deck and a new cars deck and a new uh, constructor construction uh, com- uh, combiners yeah. uh, based box set. But the next box set. <laughs> the box set that I would like to see is some kind of Autobot city. Okay. As in, so, you know, maybe you have... P- so Autobot city in the movie where it transforms into a big fort- fortification type thing. Right. Uh, something like that. Something okay. around Autobot city or um, something like that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think all of us love ideas which we would like. I would love a, a box set where it was basically you could have Retgar and a few Wreckers. Not Retgar, so, but a few, few Junkions. Because then, going forward, you could then have... Oh, no, I would have him as an STR, as you said. You would love to hunt for, for Galvatron. Maybe Scourge and his sweeps. You can Scourge is obviously an STR or whatever you wanted to do, and then basically all the sweeps were just commons, but you could just have like a, loads of other things like that. But that's miles, miles, miles uh, away, I think, because we're just hitting the stride of like... They've got to do a set on the movie, though, 100%. Soon. Set on the movie. Don't get me really wrong, we've got some beautiful artwork out there and beautiful cards. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Uh, I would love a, a G1 movie. I would love I would love a card that just says such heroic nonsense on it. I would love that as a card. There's a thread on the UK community group. <laughs> Have a look at it. I, okay. I went, if you had to name a card from the movie, what oh. would it, battle card from the movie, what would it be? And there's loads of stuff. Anyway, oh, we're wow. not going to... Okay. Otherwise, we'll re- repeat every single bit of audio. Okay, cool. Uh, we've got two more questions then. Uh, so Dave Amos comes back. This is actually quite quick. Um... Actually, he's got two. Let's do two. Do it, do Let's it, go. Do it. So Dave Amos, do you think press the advantage should come back? No. Why? <laughs> because just no. I don't think it needs it. Um, we played in an environment where it was pro Autobots for so long. You know what? Let Decepticons have a bit of time in the sun. And, um, you know, again, it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of Decepticon love right now. So I don't think press needs to come back. I'm happy for it to stay banned. Cool beans. His next question. What do you think? Um, I'm yes and no, but then again, I'm also a guy who's a freaking idiot, and I think swap parts should come back. And the silence speaks for itself. Cool. Right. Um, right. The next question is uh, a very interesting one. I think. Do you think when rotation finally happens, it should only be battle cards from the wave, or should it also include the full wave of the transformer cards? It should include battle cards and character cards because That'd be interesting. You. Do not want to restrict design potential because there are combos out there of old characters. Um, you know, like, for example, Battlefield Legend, um, Wave 1, you have to consider when he is around in the environment how he interacts with all the cards because of his pr- abilities and he sees that much play. So I think if you're going to have rotation, you have to ha- rotate battle cards and character cards. It's interesting because obviously they're putting out stratagems right now that are helping out older characters 
And if we do have rotation, so I'm assuming when we talk about rotation, because I'm a noob when it comes to like competitive play and stuff, rotation means just competitive play in general. You won't include wave one characters, wave one battle cards. Simple. They will effectively be, unless we agree to do an event which isn't constructed. Okay. Um, you will not be allowed to play use them in, oh, in, right. in a deck construction of any type. Okay, so so obviously when you're playing casuals and whatever, you can obviously keep playing wave one stuff and all that jazz, but obviously competitive. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it seems fair because, like, I think the only ones we can honestly see is, like, yeah, we'll say goodbye to Dinobots, but we haven't seen them for a while. And Insecticons, that's pretty cool, but we've got a new wave of Insecticons you can try and You've build. got a new kickback and a new, new chop shop. New chop shop, new kickback, new... Well, bombshell was in wave... Bombshell, no, Bom no. Bombshell was in wave two. So, three, again, when they... Well, Drew, is, so I remember a long time ago, there was an interview you did, I think Drew did on Wreck and Rule or on Vector yeah. Sigma, where he said, we wouldn't see rotation happening until year three. And more recently, he said, we don't see rotation happening for at least five or six more sets, which is probably at least two years away. Yeah. Um, maybe even a bit longer. Maybe so, longer because of obviously this lovely So we're not, we're, not, we're not going anywhere anytime soon right now. True, true. Okay, so uh, last question, which is very, very interesting. Another, another toughie, I think, from Ben Cote to finish off on, uh, which is uh, once we finally get back into indoor events, what can local communities do to keep up connectivity and interest at this current time? Promote in your local store, promote on various social mediums, and offer to run um, half an afternoon where people can come down and you've got pre-built decks that are just thematic and um, you know are designed to get people drawn into the game. Uh, that would be be one, and I think organised play events which cater for both you know, serious competitive play and just people that want to come along and be part of playing Transformers um, is cool. No one wants to play in a game where you buy product, go home and sit and stare at four walls. Um, I have no interest in spending money on pieces of cardboard that then sit in a folder and look pretty. That is not what I do if for a card game. Mm. If it was a collectible sticker set, great. <laughs> but it's not. It's a collectible card game and card game being key. So there has to be cards in a gaming environment in whatever way. I do not wish to see any kind of online app being developed because what will happen is you run the risk of culling your player base. And, um, oh, I because don't know. Don't get me wrong. You open up the market to yeah. online gamers, but um, you then run the risk of people going, "Well, we can run this online tournament, so let's not travel. Who cares?" And you know, all of a sudden, you will divide the player base into people that are okay playing online and therefore don't go buy product, mm -hmm. uh, and people that do go buy product and want to play in person. What about? I know it's. I know Drew mentioned it in a. In an, I think. I think it's on Transform Your Game. Don't know. He did an interview like. They're like obviously Magic the Gathering does Magic the Gathering Arena. He immediately said, I don't know the answer to it, but it would be cool to have something like that for Transformers TCG, like have a Transformers Arena thing. I think he got asked the question and he said they had no interest in yeah. in, in, in in developing yeah. an online application or an online gaming yeah. platform at the moment like Magic had. Because A, the game is in its infancy, B, you want to keep to a core message and um yeah. Think about it like this, right? As a business, let's say, I'm going to sell you taxi cabs. 
Um, okay. Why would I then go and start selling you e-bikes if I want to sell taxi cabs and grow a business and have a stable okay. model? That doesn't make no sense. Yeah. Okay. I think also when it comes to keeping in touch with your local communities, I think we do it really well in the Midlands. I can't. I can't say about anyone else, but I know for a fact we say right. Uh, we run tournaments every two weeks before the Corona thing. So sometimes we were like, okay, guys, this week bring your co- uh, next tournament we're going to do. Bring your competitive decks. We want to try do that. And then some weeks we just go right. Next uh, next tournament we're going to do. We're going to do a themed one. Uh, next time we're going to do it we're going to run janks to try it out and like it's just basically communicating with that but then obviously you want to involve other people so obviously we know there's pockets around England that can come so maybe just doing small store events like I know like we were saying when Mike you were going to run yours we had a fair few people saying they were going to travel to come do it at Boards and Swords which is really cool and that's how you can grow doing more local stuff like that but yeah I don't know I think I think honestly you just need to I think the Facebook group runs really, really well. I think it does a really good job of like keeping people active. People are excited about it. And I also think even during this crisis, like people in the community have taken like, you know, should we say, um, um, how could I put it? Have basically stepped forward and said, hey, why don't we run, uh, do a group where you can play games on webcams? And I know for a fact that um, every other days or whatever, people are on there saying, hey, I've got a couple of hours. Do you want to have a game? Do you want to have this? And I know I've played against Mondo and I've played against Ben and you know I've played others along, along the way using webcams. And I think it's just that word of mouth as well helps. But yeah, I don't know. Um, the other thing to kind of put it back towards Ben Cotty a little bit is he's an admin and moderator. Moderators need to moderate groups hard. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I see a number of just Facebook feeds where people are just idiots and rude to people and, and <laughs> trollish, and yeah. that drives people away. So yeah. um, moderators need to moderate. Uh, meet, chair people need to chair meetings. You know, you need to control the environment and make it a positive area for growth for new players. And you also need to encourage people to not sell up and get out of the game. And if you see that happening, we need to find out why. Yeah, I feel I feel our community is actually pretty cool at the moment because... Obviously, other card games are quite toxic, and we know of those games. I won't name all of them, but we know some games can get quite toxic. I think uh, the thing about the community for Transformers is, even though it's a card game, we all have... uh, Some people have come into it cold, I know, I know I can say Dan from Blues on Attack doesn't know anything about Transformers. Like he doesn't know, he just wants to play it as a card game. But the majority of people who play this game is because they either have like some sort of like link with the cartoon, with the comics, with something. So they have some sort of like background in Transformers. So it's not just like, I want to collect cards, I want to play, I want to do this. It's more the fact that, oh yeah, I used to watch that series. I, I love the new movies. I love reading the comic books that are out now and the old ones. There's, there, that is like the main cog. And we've got like, I've I've been in many, many groups when it comes to just Transformers in general. And there's rarely people who are idiots. Like they'll, they'll come over with a point and you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, I never really thought of it like that. And then, yeah, like you say, Mike, you do get a few people who are just basically, you know, the salt of the earth. And I think they just live off that, you know, negativity and whatever. But I think our community is really awesome. I really like it. I think it, it can only go from strength to strength. But like like you say, we just need to have people who, who are willing to step up and, and grow it even more. And that's what we're doing on our YouTube channel with the community, with the Deck Tech Challenge. We want to grow the community. We want more people to check out all these content creators people in the community that are a part of it as well they can spread it and say like hey check out their stuff because i think the best thing about this game which helps on an online platform is you can never have too much content because i know for a fact when i first learned 
trying to learn how to play the game, I looked up and there was Wazzy playing. YouTube. And there was a few few other people that were like, oh yeah, this is how it works. This is how this works. Who were the X-Wing people that did a lot of YouTube videos back in the day? Oh, there's loads, loads of people. But I think that's the main thing. If we get more people creating and doing stuff and, you know, taking a risk at doing stuff like that, it's really awesome. Like, I know for a fact when you look at battle reports, what do we get? We get Wreck and Roll, we get Blues on Attack, we get Us, we get other channels like Power by Primus, we get Vector Sigma. Vector Sigma. You know, you, you know, you get, you get a lot of people now who basically are like, oh yeah, they're, they're big guys, they know what they're doing, but there's also the little guys that know what they're doing, but they need, you know... Energy on Hustlers, they're up and coming. They are very good. Uh, Dave's awesome. You know, I really like pip, Dave. Flip, flip, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, I uh, think it's just people just need to, like I said in the other one, you just need to just take a risk and just do more, more stuff in the community and not be afraid to get backlash. Like, you should read some of the comments that I said when I said, okay, we're only doing 20, I'm sorry. You can't be a part of it. Some people were like, okay, thanks for the opportunity. I really look forward to possibly working with you in the future. Some of them, I can't really explain on a podcast I right think, now, but it was very educational. I think what you've got to understand is each one of these rounds that Lee is spending time editing and creating and producing require a significant time commitment from a person. Uh, we did discuss sharing it out across multi-channels and maybe that's something we'll do in the future if it becomes a big thing. Yep. But for now, we're trying to keep it consistent to see how it goes and also it's an avenue where you know we can can keep an eye on the content and time length and stuff like that and it's all uniformed um, yeah. because I think, I think it's supposed thing. to be in, spend an hour of your life doing something cool and collaborating with someone that you probably wouldn't interact with before Yeah, and we'll see where it goes but I also know for a fact because we've done this not just a brown knows us even more I know some of the content creators that are in this challenge have now done stuff with other people that are in this challenge they've they're planning on doing either battle reports or even collaborations on podcasts and even interviews and stuff which is what we want to do which is grow the community I would, I would say my, my closing message is this is it's <laughs> if you, if if we the players want to see the community drive then we the players need to put the emph need to step in step it up into gear and get people to engage uh, yes we all have real lives yes we all have you know families and jobs and, and other outside of card game commitments I get that that's fine but what you can't say is hello Mr. Sweetie Vendor, give me all your sweets. You know, they're there to provide us with product and help support. What they won't do is give you, you know, a conveyor belt of sugar for, for now. You know, you've got to, if you want to create something cool and, 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 market a product in a certain way, then it, it, I suppose what I'm driving at is if we, the community, want to grow the community, and see the community grow and, and thrive, we, the community, need to put our effort, uh, put our foot for, right foot forward and, um, allow it to grow and offer it avenues to grow and Wizards will help support it, but they won't do it all for us. Exactly. Right. And with that being said, I think that's episode seven in the books, Mike. I think it's been good. We started with Wave 5, we promoted a little bit of our own stuff and then we answered the questions. We got into some really interesting discussions. So guys, if you're watching this on the YouTubes right now, please feel free to leave a like. That would be amazing. And also feel like checking out our content because we're doing a lot of Transformer stuff and we're going to do way, way more now in this all coming year because this is the direction we want to go with this channel until next time guys take care have a garden and yeah we'll be back for episode 8 at some point I'm Mike thanks for listening Lee thanks for taking the time out to have a chat it's been cool it has been stay good. safe yes Look, enjoy wave 5 everybody yes <laughs>